Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. Welcome back to the show. Delighted to be with you again today. And we're going to take a look at turnkey investing, particularly in Baltimore, and how all of that works for our guest, Xander Cruz, who is a Baltimore native, and his company is CR of Maryland, and they specialize in providing and managing turnkey properties. They have over 430 properties under management, which they have quickly become one of the largest turnkey companies in the Baltimore area. So Xander, take us into the show and share with us a memory that helped you to be who you are today. Sure, Alan, and thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. I'd say a memory that comes to mind for me and was truly formative was growing up, and it was two particular basketball coaches that I played for, uh, both for, for several years. And these guys really instilled their values in me. And I didn't always like, you know, how they did that, but in hindsight, it was really valuable. So hard work and tenacity and not having a big ego and being a team player, those things I really try to remember and still use today. And it had a huge impact on me. And somebody asked me a very interesting question once, can you name the three people that you most like, admire, and respect, and why? And both of them were on my, my short list. So uh, really awesome guys and, and taught me a lot about the world, I guess I would say. And again, it's had a huge impact. Oh. How old were you there? Uh, those were my teenage years. Teenage so years. from 14 till about 18. Okay. when I was playing for them. Cool. Yeah, it's interesting how those coaches and teachers from our youth have great impacts on us. I think oftentimes uh, many of us take them for granted. So I'm glad to see that you can remember those people and honor <laughs> them. Thank you. Well, Xander, first of all, let's get a definition here on turn on turnkey. What is that for you and, and how does your business work? So for us, a turnkey investment property and what we offer is something that is fully managed and fully renovated. So for the investor who's purchasing the property, it's hands-off. We're going to handle anything and everything property management related. And by the time the investor is purchasing the house, we're going to have already done a full gut renovation to it. So these are properties we're buying that, that need a full renovation. And we're doing everything. Roof, windows, HVAC, electric, plumbing, kitchen, bass, insulation, whole nine yards. So it creates a very reliable product and it's turnkey and then doesn't need anything. Okay. Well, interesting concept there. Why Baltimore? It doesn't seem to me like Baltimore would be the ideal location for that because I would I would speculate, and I don't know a whole lot about the Baltimore market, but my assumption would be that it would be difficult in the Baltimore market, given uh, property values, it would be difficult to get cash flow on those turnkey properties. So... Yes and no. Uh, certainly has gotten harder in the past few years as the values have increased. However, Baltimore in particular has, still has, and, and consistently has had uh, one of the best sale price to rent price ratios. Um, 
So comparatively speaking, our rents are, are pretty high and that really does uh, help cash flow investors. Baltimore is, I mean, the prices are higher than they used to be, but it's still arguably and probably the most affordable uh, city on the East Coast, uh, probably the West Coast too, honestly, but wow. where people kind of refer to it as the last frontier on the East Coast uh, because it is still affordable, especially compared to Philadelphia and DC, and obviously, of course, New York. As you head south into like Charleston and those kinds of cities, Baltimore is more affordable than ones. It is interesting. I wonder, I wonder why that is. Do you have any idea? I mean, it's right there in the Washington, D.C. area. It's um, between uh, the New York metropolitan area, the Philadelphia area. And so how is it that Baltimore kind of remained this island of affordability? It's a really good question, and I bet we could spend a whole show <laughs> trying to diagnose that. All right. Very quickly summarize, I think it's the brother out of all of those cities. Yeah. Cities are just, they're geographically larger. Work is, has always been, you know, a, a machine of a city. C has obviously done really well with, you know, the federal government and all of those things that are located right there. And Philadelphia is kind of that offshoot, but I think that proximity to New York has, has helped New York and New Jersey has really helped Philadelphia a lot. So uh, kind of, it's kind of the last stop, little, little old Baltimore yeah. right off uh, I-95 there. Been to Baltimore uh, a couple of times, but I have always enjoyed it. It's a really interesting city right there on the harbor and a beautiful city in a lot of ways. I recall correctly, there are a lot of townhouses as opposed to single family houses, at least in harbor area and the downtown areas there, I guess. There are parts of that where there are single family. Is it that you are specializing? Is it townhouses or is it to the single family market? Are specializing in townhomes? Your memory serves you correctly. Majority of Baltimore is townhomes. There's just not that many detached single family homes inside the city limits. Further into the suburbs you go, of course, there's more detached homes there. But majority of these townhomes were built between 1900 and 1950. And that's what, in our market, they were building at that time. Uh, those are, at this point in time, then, the, the most recent ones are 75 years old, and some of those are close to 120 years or so old. True, that must come with significant renovation challenges. How are you overcoming that? So, no, because these are typically, for 90% of them, are, are brick structures on all four walls. Sometimes they might have a framed rear wall, but typically it's brick all the way around. Really rock solid in terms of the structure itself. From there, we obviously we're going to keep that, but it's easy. You just kind of go in and strip everything out and you, you start over from scratch. You're, you're not trying to match, you know, new drywall to old plaster. We don't have a challenge with that because all that old plaster is gone. We're running all uh -huh. new drywall. Uh, it's almost harder to a house that's kind of in halfway good nah. condition because then you're really trying to match old and new and that can be very challenging in our cases we're really making the whole thing new yeah. which is i think almost easier it's certainly more expensive but it's easier from a construction standpoint well that uh that is interesting so you're just really essentially stripping them well what about i i mean 
joists, uh, joists were a hundred, hundred years ago. They had a very different standard. Uh, are you taking those out as well or you about, able to keep that? Half the time they are water damaged and need replaced. The other half of the time they're in great shape. We have the, everything opened up. We go through all of our permit inspections and that includes a framing inspection where they're going to verify that yes, the roof joists are good and they're the proper casing and size and everything like that. So it is, uh, Baltimore is known to be a pretty tough place for permits. They're, they are very strict in general. That's probably a good thing. Not a bad thing. We, we, each house is going to meet the code requirement from Joyce. Okay. When you are purchasing these, they are probably not stripped. Uh, are you able to know that you're, you're purchasing these at, uh, at levels that are profitable before you even know whether you're going to have to replace those floor joists and the roof and so on and so forth? Yeah. Uh, at this point, I would humbly say we have so much experience at it. We really know what we're getting. It just it fluctuates from house to house based on size and primarily the layout or any you know, condition notes. So if we know that the roof has been leaking clearly for a while, we know that those roof joists are going to have to be replaced. And then I just work backwards, kind of like any other you know, investment deal. If I, if I want to sell it for X and I want to spend Y on renovations, I need to buy it for, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't think of the next letter there. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's not by any means, you know, rocket science and it has gotten pretty easy for us because we've done several hundred of these now. So we just pretty much know what you're going to get. You know? Yeah. Well, in terms of, uh, the rental market, uh, is your market who is in your market? Uh, what kind of tenants are you able to put into these properties? Good question. So our uh, rental experience now is goes back about eight years, and in the beginning it started. Uh, we didn't sell any properties at the beginning. We were just renovating and building our own portfolio. Um, and then in time, uh, actually starting in I think 2019 is when we began to sell our new product as opposed to just keeping it. Throughout the whole time, the, the point of that was. Our target audience has always been the, the B-class neighborhoods, the, the middle working class families. Um, that is our bread and butter. That's a really large population in Baltimore. And it's also a market where there's very limited housing options for people to lease. Um, again, because a lot of the houses are older, they might not be in very good condition. It's not very many... SB or B class, I should say, apartment complexes. There's plenty of A class, but the reality is our our tenant base isn't looking to be in an A class luxury building. We probably can't afford it anyway. Yeah. Um, so we're in a, a really nice niche where there's limited supply and a big demand. And for that reason, we've always had really good success with leasing homes and, and keeping them occupied. This uh, in this B class range, there uh, of opportunities for Section Eight. We do. Yes, we do have that opportunity. Um, we do see it a, a fair amount with the local programs for many years at this point as well. We do see that technically any property could 
be rented to a Section 8 voucher holder. Um, it's a misconception a lot of times that a property is Section 8. Not what we do. There are programs like that in, in the world, but that's not what we do. The, the property itself has no uh, Section 8. It's the individual tenant. So it's the same application and screening process. It's very thorough. And if we have a qualified Section 8 applicant on the house, uh, it's most likely going to be accepted. Well, same for if we have a, a well-qualified market applicant on the house, same thing. It's really first come, first serve. It's on meeting our qualifications. You had said that um, about 2019, you had changed strategies from innovating and holding, innovating and uh, selling. What was behind making that decision and that shift in your strategy? Yeah, great question. Uh, I business partner is, he's not old, but he's older than I am. I'd be very careful because he'll probably listen to this and say, why'd you call me old? (laughs) So his goal is to retire soon. Whereas my goal is certainly not to retire anytime soon. We reached a point to realize that, Hey, we, we probably shouldn't keep taking on more debt together if it's Craig's goal to retire soon. Uh So that was the main decision or the main factor in making that decision was we, we really, we, we need to limit, you know, how much we take on together because that's going to make it that much harder for me to buy him out eventually. Wow. So that was the, the primary reason. We honestly didn't know that this turnkey world existed. I stumbled into it and then we realized, wow, this, this works pretty well and, and people really like it and we can offer a good product and service for it. So it just evolved into it. suspect that there are not all of your uh, properties that you sell into the rental market and uh, those that do go into the rental market, not necessarily utilizing your management company to manage the properties. Is that correct? Or do you have some sort of regulation or stipulation in the contract that you will manage and that it will be in your rental program? We'll require it, but that being said, about 99% of our producers who are buying it as, of course, a you know, rental investment property, use us yeah. for property management. If somebody says, I want to manage it myself, I'm fine with that. It's no problem yeah. at all. Percentage actually purchased for rent. For this model, under this kind of turnkey model, that's that's what they're all purchasing as. Is it? We, okay. we do uh, we'll do some uh, traditional fix and flip, uh-huh. but that's that would be a, a typically a different kind of house. Usually it's more expensive. Um, it might be a, you know, a $400,000 detached house really doesn't work well for our turnkey investors or the okay. model. It's pretty much in, you know, one or two channels there. It's either going to be, it's our classic brick row home that we're going to renovate and we know it's a great turnkey product or it's a traditional fix and flip. Okay. Uh, you had uh, talked a little bit about, um, Baltimore uh, housing standards there and uh, their inspection standards. Do you go beyond that in your renovations or is that pretty much what you are sticking with there? Well, I think it's two different things. It's the the construction standard, you know, uh, we use the insulation and I I don't remember what the the required value, R40, R49, whatever the heck it is. We're, We're meeting that. We're really isn't space to exceed it because typically it's in a wall. Um, so it's pretty challenging to, to go over that, but the other standards, like the kind of countertops that we use as an example, um, we're going to put in 
quartz countertops in every house because it's a lifetime product. And for our next owner, they'll never be replacing countertops. Um, of course, that's more expensive than, you know, the, gosh, what's the word? I can't think of the word, the, the plastic cheap countertops. But for us, it makes sense yeah. to put in the more expensive product that's going to last long. Yeah. I think on the flooring, you know, it'd be much cheaper to just run laminate or, or vinyl through, but we're using the vinyl, the luxury vinyl plank, the LVP flooring, but much better is scratch resistant, waterproof, et cetera. So from a design standpoint, we really want to choose things that are going to last a long time. And then on the construction standard side, we're always going to meet or exceed, but for the most part, it's like, again, there's insulation as an example. You don't really have an option to exceed in that case. Then hit them. You are getting uh, flows, uh, our uh, high interest rate environment. You managed to do that. Well, uh, in response to that would be the, the rental market itself has really helped us because what it used to rent for $1,500 is now $1,800 or more. Uh, um, we're not even the ones, like I don't, I don't push on comps to try to set a new comp. We're just going off of other people in the market on, on their comps. So I might see that uh, there's a comp at 1850 and I'll probably price at 1800. I'm not trying to go above the comp. I'm trying to stay right below it to make sure again, that ours are competitively priced. But those rent increases that have happened uh, the last few years that, are huh? really the key piece of why we still offer cash flow even in a high interest rate environment. Uh -huh. um, the other reality is in terms of our, the prices that we're selling the houses for, I am selling for less than I used to, to help offset that higher interest rate. Uh -huh. And that's allowed our investors to still have great cash flow as well. It's eating somewhat into your profits. Is that what I'm hearing you say? It, it is, but uh, the other side of that coin is that we're buying on our, on the front end for that much less. So there's a little bit of a lag, of course, from the inventory that you bought prior to, but anything we're buying now, we are being more aggressive in buying at a deeper discount than we were before. Sure. So for our business, it does it balances out pretty well. Okay. How is it that we can get started in investing? Do you mean with us specifically? Okay. Yeah. Easiest way is. Sign up right on our website to crofmaryland.com or just Google CR of Maryland. We should get a top result. And there's a yellow tab at the top that says invest. Just click on that and submit your contact information. And then uh, either myself or one of my team members will reach out to you and send you some information. We can schedule a call to discuss it. We can even meet in person if you're able to travel here or happen to be local around the office and tour a couple properties so the above ways all work well great uh, xander tell us what was one of your most difficult challenges and how have you overcome that that's a good question uh, the most difficult challenges i think just in general in, in the business environment of the last few years there's been a lot of challenges like the rising costs of construction like the I call it the, the great resignation era for employees so, and the just a extremely competitive environment for real estate investing. They're all, you know, different challenges, but definitely all kind of go with the time. So 
Um, in construction, we, we really had to refine sing model for contractors and retrain our team and then also help them explain to the contractors of this is our pricing and this is why we're going to pay this. And if you can work with that, we're going to keep you busy year round. For, you know, employee retention and hiring, I think we've done, had to do a lot of different things. We've had to really expand our hiring process to make sure that we are hiring the, the best possible candidate. And retention, it's been multifaceted approach, but we're, we're really taking a lot of steps to make sure that our team knows that we're working together. We appreciate them. Uh, we have a, a monthly either happy hour or event. We have a monthly town hall, addition to holiday parties, volunteer events that our company is very active in. So just focusing on that team is really important. So I'd say those are the, the main challenges of today in the last few years. That's, you know, I think so far we've been uh, somewhat successful at it. Wonderful. Enlightened investors, it was wonderful being with you again today. I look forward to being with you with our next episode. Xander, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.